Welcome to Wide Receiver One, a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. I'm your host, Chris Carter, Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receiver. And today, we're talking to L.A. Rams wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. The California native was a second-round pick in the 2008 NFL Draft from UC Berkeley and the seventh wide receiver selected. The three-time Pro Bowler spent his entire NFL career on the East Coast, Philadelphia, Washington, and Tampa, but has made his way back to the home state of California to be reunited with former offensive coordinator, now head coach, Sean McVay. Stay tuned for my interview with wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to Wide Receiver One. I'm NFL Hall of Famer Chris Carter, and I have one of my favorite receivers joining us on Wide Receiver One, which is a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. Deshaun Jackson, one of the fastest men in the NFL, even after 13 years in the season. Most people know, born and raised in Los Angeles, but spent most of his time, of course, um, until this season, on the East Coast. Philadelphia, Washington, Tampa Bay, now back in L.A. D-Jack, welcome to the show. Yeah, appreciate you for having me, man. How you doing? I'm doing real good. All right? We're right in the middle of a football season, and um, I know you're excited. I watched your press conference, and, and you coming back into the stadium, um, back at the new SoFi. Um, you guys got fans back there. But to me, man, I want to go back where it all got started. Because I think a lot of times, man, it's good to to relive the story. Take me back to the first time you played football. How old were you? I mean, organized football, I was probably like six years old. But before that, I mean, I can remember myself probably like like three, four years old. I was a little kid and, you know, my brothers used to, um, obviously they was older and they played played ball growing up. So for me, you know, they had. You had a brother that played wide receiver too, right? Yeah, I had an older brother, yeah. Myron, who played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a practice, practice squad player. but With Kansas up, City. Yeah, with Kansas City. Yeah, growing up, you know, my older brothers always played football, and I was always the youngest. So, you know, I can remember I was like three or four years old, and they used to have me jump over the couch, catching the balls. They used to hit me <laughs> with a pillow. You know, they used to just do, like, little torture and stuff to, like, their little brother. So, you know, um, yeah, like three four years old. And then my first time playing was I played one year of flag football at, like, six, the age of six. Now, have you always been a receiver, or did you start out at quarter quarterback and play a little running back? 
Man, I played everything. I, I first started off. I played tight end. I was actually like, I used to get in three point stands. And I used to come out, come out of the line. He's <laughs> running like. It used to be crazy because it was like looking back at it now. It's like playing tight end. Like I would have never ever thought like that would have been a position I had. But I played everything: tight end, running back, quarterback, defense. Now, have you always been fast? I've always been one of the fastest players on my team. Yeah, that's that's been a hundred percent. Uh, mm-hmm. fact, every team I'd have been on, I'd have been one of the fastest dudes on my teams. Now, take me to, um, you end up going, uh, you know, to one of the legendary high schools, Cal Poly. I mean, they produce more professional athletes. They produce more football players than any other high school in the country. Take me to, take me to your days there and some of the special memories you have from Cal Poly. Yeah, it's actually Long Beach Poly. Cal, Long Cal Beach Poly, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, you. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, get it right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, yeah, Long Beach Poly, man, um, like you said, man, one of the great high schools in all of, um, you know, high school sports to put, um, you know, in a, I mean, players in the NFL. So for me growing up, you know, I grew up in the Los Angeles area, but, you know, for me, I always knew Poly, Long Beach Poly was like a great. Like if you could go to Long Beach Poly and start and play and be an impact, Mm-hmm. It's, it's without a doubt you're gonna go get a Division One scholarship to a big big time school, and uh, you know for me, it, it was a um, it was a sacrifice. It was it was a risk, but you know I wouldn't change it for the world because you know I could have went there and been a guy from LA trying to go all the way to Poly. And it's like how did I know I was gonna play? How did I know I was gonna be good enough to fit into right. you know you know their their regiment or their their um, you know their program? So for me. Um, I just believed in And myself. they got some dudes over there, man. Yeah, no, they, they got a lot of talent, man. Long Beach, <laughs> they, they produce talent. So for me, it was one of them things like, you know, my dad and, you know, my older brothers just believed so much in me. And they was like, man, we're going to go to Long Beach. And, you know, as a freshman, like I came in as a freshman, I was like, this dude going to be special. Like all the coaches, uh, mm-hmm. we got a legendary coach by the name of Don Norford, like a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, you know, he seen me as a freshman. He was like, yeah, he going to be special, man. And, you know, I had to work my mm-hmm. butt off and, you know, I, play, I got moved up to varsity as a ninth grader and ended up playing starting uh, starting varsity as a sophomore. Now, now can we go back? Um, because for me, I, I feel like football and a lot of the kids, I still train some kids, and they just want things easy. They want right. things handed to them. They want a guarantee. Now in college, we got the portal. Man, coach not happy with you. Coach say one bad thing to you, man. You can get in the portal. Going down the road somewhere and, and yeah. play football and be eligible the next year. Right. Can, can you speak to going to a program, having to sit your time, having to work it out, having to grind? That's how you end up 13 years in the league and the perseverance and the things that help you understand yourself a little bit better. Yeah, um, I think I think for myself, um, I, I kind of always been a guy that. You know, I just was a firm believer. I was very confident in myself. I mean, you could call it cocky. You could call it overconfident. You could call it whatever you want to call it. But for me, I've always been an undersized guy, always been the smallest, always been doubted. You know, so for me, that's just always been able to have a chip on my shoulder because everywhere I went, people was like, oh, he's not going to be good. He's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. So for me, knowing how confident I was in myself, it just kind of made me work harder and have a chip on my shoulder. So, um, you know, throughout my career, Every place I went, every time I, you know, went to a new team or joined a new school or mm-hmm. went to college, went to the NFL, like anytime I'm the new face or the new guy, like I, I got to earn my respect. And that's, you know, me coming in 
and just having that warrior mentality, I, I kind of look at it as like the Mamba mentality, you know, how Kobe Bryant was. I grew mm -hmm. up, you know, yep. loving Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, Michael Vick, them are like my three idols. So for me, just having that chip on your shoulder, man. But like you said, nowadays, these kids, they feel like things are just supposed to be handed to them because we had the social media and you do one great thing. It's like you you arrived or you made it. But it's like, right. what have you done for me lately? This is a consistency-based consistency, consistency mm -hmm. based thing. And if you want to make it, like you say, 13 years, you played a long time. Like if you want to follow them footsteps, you got to put your work in and you got to have the head down, chin up mentality. You get what I'm saying? Regardless of what you mm -hmm. do, what big catch, what touchdown, whatever you do, right. you still got to be relevant. So it's the more I do it and how consistent I am is going to make me relevant. Now, take me through your decision as far as deciding to go to UC Berkeley. Um, from where you come up, <laughs> yeah. from where you come up, not a lot of going, not a lot of guys going to UC Berkeley. Yeah. And um, what went into you making that decision? I think I think for myself, um, man, I, ha I had so many uh, offers, man, from the LSU's, the Oklahoma's, the Florida States, like SC's. Like I had all the big schools, man, and at that time. You know, I was I was a kid. I was young. I I, I traveled. I, I took my trips. You know, I get I got to see different um, you know, environments, country, city. Mm -hmm. Like I I did all that stuff. And for me, like I, I SC, like you say, going to Long Beach Poly, it was guaranteed you was going to SC. Like right, kinda, right, right. They, they take it for the granted. They take it for granted. You get what right. I'm saying? So I, I felt like they was giving extra privileges to a guy that was in Tennessee by the name of Patrick Turner. You know, he was the big receiver that came out the same year I came out. Okay, yeah. But it, but it was like, we both wore number one. So I'm like, I want number one. I'm sure he won number one. So he come away from Tennessee. So they they felt like they had to promise him something. So I kind of took that as a disrespect. I'm like, man, like, mm -hmm. y'all just think y'all got me just because I'm right here. And, and it's known for people from Long Beach Party to go to SC. Right, so I took don't that, take I me took for granted. Kinda, yeah, I took that kind of right. personal, man. And, and another thing, they had Aaron Rodgers. Cal Berkeley had Aaron Rodgers. They had Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> and they just beat SC like a year or two before I committed. Like, they just beat him. So I'm like, you know what? Man, I didn't know that. that. Okay, yeah, it's making him. sense. They, they beat him. So in my mind, I'm like, I could easily go fit in and go to the best of the best. Or can I be one of them dudes that stand down and say, I want to go beat the best. And so for me, I was like, man, I had that mentality. Like, man, I wanted to go beat them, even though I didn't. But, you know, every time I played them, they had about two, three dudes on me. They was like, we're going to make sure he don't beat us. Right, right. Uh, the thing that's surprising, too, is because um, in those guys you mentioned, in their own little way, um, mm -hmm. I would call them, you know, edge guys. And and that to me is not for a guy looking for an edge. I'm talking about a guy that's got a chip on his shoulder. And, and you can see Aaron Rodgers. You know Marshawn's story. He got mm -hmm. a chip on his shoulder. I feel like I played the game. Yeah. You know, with a chip on my shoulder. You create disrespect. You even create things out there. But for you to be able to decide, and I'm not going to go to SC, that just led to the mantra you had already created in high school and, and even in Little League. For sure, yeah. I, I think, like, for, since a young kid, my dad, you know, like, he knew the obstacles I faced growing up, growing up in the inner city of Los Angeles. He knew I was hanging on the streets. He knew I was doing, like, all the stuff that a kid would do, you know, when you're in the neighborhood and you just right. ha hanging with your friends and just doing knucklehead stuff. So. Mm -hmm. 
for me, I think my dad already knew that. So he's like, you know, let me put him in every sport I can so he don't have as much time to be in the streets, you know. So that that went from baseball to basketball to football to running track. It's like I was never really off time. Like I never had time to really, even though I still was a kid, still went out and hung out. But it was just like I really mm -hmm. didn't have the time to just right. be sitting there not doing nothing. And that's what most kids don't realize. Parents try to keep them busy because there's less time to get in trouble. And that's exactly. real. Exactly. And that's sure. real. And I know you had a great relationship. Your father um, was really close to you. I know you lost him early in your career. And mm -hmm. as I was prepping, man, um, I started thinking about the Green Bay, the running back last night. I don't know if you saw the story. Uh, he scored I, four touchdowns. I did, yeah, but I, I kind of heard about it, but I didn't hear the full story, yeah. Yeah, his, um, his dad, obviously, I think had been cremated. He lost him this summer. And he had his um, ashes put in a necklace. Yeah. And he lost it on the field. Yeah. Uh, during the game. And, um, you know, the training staff, they end up finding it close to 2 a.m. in the morning and everything. But then I was prepping. And, you know, I knew the story of your dad. And I know how close you are to your mom and how you have her involved in, in, in all your operations and everything. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to get your perspective on what it means Sometime when we go out there on the field, we got that extra burden and we plan mm -hmm. for a community or we plan for someone that has so much to do with you being there. Yeah. And how you just want them to see the best <laughs> of you. Just give us some of that, what you've gone through, because your career, you've played a number of years since then and what mm -hmm. he might have been going through um, um, last year. Yeah. 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 Speak, speaking specifically on, you know, losing um, a father. Um, you know, I, I say this all the time. I, I wouldn't wish no one losing their parents, their mom or their father on my worst enemy. Like, I think that that feeling is is a tough feeling to have. You know, what I endured and what I went through at a young age. You know, I was 20 years old. Actually, what I was, I, I was 21 because my first year I was actually 20 and I was a rookie. And, uh, you know, he, he got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer towards the end of my uh, rookie season. And he actually passed away in um, in May. But for me, man, like, being able to have that outlet of football, being able to have that brotherhood, being able to have something that could kind of keep me busy, keep my mind off of it, um, I think was was a huge implement for me when I went through what I went through as mm -hmm. far as losing my dad. And I'm sure Aaron Jones could specifically speak for the same thing because, you know, he played the game and I'm sure he, he felt – like he was on wings. You get what I'm saying? It's just like a, a different mm. spirit or a, like an angel okay. or, you know, I don't, I don't know what you call it. But every time I touch the field, you know, I, I always talk to my dad. You know, I, I take a prayer. I take a knee and just, you know, thank God for giving me the opportunity to still be able to bl be blessed and play this game at a high level. But, you know, I don't forget or I don't count out that my dad pushed me and helped me, you know, throughout mm -hmm. my whole career as being a young kid to – even, you know, to where I'm at now, like I look back at conversations and memories that, mm -hmm. you know, he installed in, in me. So, you know, for me, just always having that present and just knowing that that's real, you know, like everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, my, my pops worked so hard to get me to where I'm at. You know, I could never right. forget about what he's did and, you know, what he sacrificed for me. So I'm, I'm always giving praise, always giving credit and just trying to stay connected to him as, as, as best mm -hmm. way as possible. I mean, not only your dad, but I've seen some of the other things that you've done. You know, there's a number of guys, you know, just through L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, that have an impact on you. You mentioned Kobe being Bryant playing there while you're in your career. Kobe's yeah. playing in his career. Um, I know you feel that connection to him and the Mamba mentality. But a couple other guys that um, 
I know have meant a lot to a lot of athletes. Uh, my first one I want to talk to you about is there's two of them. Um, the first one I want to talk to you about is Snoop Dogg and <laughs> what he's meant to people like you. Snoop's my age, man. He's still my uncle, Snoop. And <laughs> I love hanging with Snoop, been hanging with him for years, been listening to yeah. his music, going to his concert. But these guys mean something else to athletes, man. Can mm-hmm. you kind of describe how you hooked up with him and, and some of the things about the relationship and, and, and how he's been kind of a mentor and stuff to you and, and grown you up, you know, through the hood and everything? Yeah, uh, as, as far as Snoop, I, I, I got to I mean, I'm sure, you know, he's, he's, he has connections and relationships with everybody. But as far as, you know, me and Snoop, I feel like we got a special relationship because we actually went to the same high school. You know, he went to Long Beach Poly as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, he he's Long Beach. Like everything about him is it's LBC. You know how he is. You know him. <laughs> so so for me, I'm like I'm a young I mean, high school. When I first when I first meet him, I probably was like a junior in high school. And he had came to one of my games, and I think I had like three touchdowns, 175 yards. I went crazy that game, and he was just like, for me to meet him, and like he had my game, and he actually knew who I was. Like for me, that said different. Mm -hmm. Like you know, Mm -hmm. I looked like you said, I looked up to Snoop growing up. Snoop, Tupac, like I grew up loving that West Coast music just because you know that's where I come from. So once. I met him the first time. It was it was crazy. It was like mind boggling for me. Like he knew who I was. I'm like, how does this celebrity dude or this mogul mm-hmm. know who I am? So fast forward, my first few years in the NFL, um, you know, we we just always had something in common because we both went to Long Beach Poly, and it was like like you said, going to concerts, hanging out with him, going to the compound. It was just like the relationship that mm-hmm. I built with them was just like you said, like on some Uncle Snoop, and it's just like he shows so much love and respect to the youth, and just what he does, he empowers us, he makes us feel like. It's possible to, you know, continuously be yourself and, you know, people respect you mm-hmm. for who you are. Like, he's never really changed. You get what I'm saying? Like, he's went through a lot, but it, who who he is, it's he who, what he's going to stand on. You right. feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he 50 years or higher, I don't know how it is, but you would think he still know how to be cool with the 20-year-olds. <laughs> like, he always is relevant, like, regardless Reinvent of what era we're in. Yeah, so for me, I think his swag and, man, just his respect and his persona, like, is going to always let him go go down as a great. And for me, just being able to pick up the phone and call him and him answer, and, like, if I wanted to go hang out with him, I want to go chill, we want to go play video games or, like, be at the compound, listen to music, because I love music as well, too. You know, he's always, you know, he always has his phone available and he's always like hitting me up. So it's just a great relationship. Man. He definitely means a lot to a lot of kids and a lot of youth. Right. And then on the other side, um, his legacy will never die. Um, I saw um, how you tried to honor him, um, you know, with the cleats, with the mm-hmm. ID on it. Yeah. Um, L.A. legend, um, tragically passing away. Nipsey Hussle. Give me your story and your connection to Nipsey and his whole L.A. vibe and what he represent to a new generation mm-hmm. of, of, of young people? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting you ask about, so first we're talking about Snoop, and now we're talking about the Nipsey Hustle. And for me, I do my I research, like, man. Yeah, ain't <laughs> not, but it's crazy because like I, I put the connection together because I've been knowing Nip since I was probably like 13. We both grew up in South Central Crenshaw District area. So I've been knowing Snoop since... Like the teenage years, so like for me, I used to always tell Snoop. You've been I mean, knowing Nipsey. You, yeah, you got a little mixed Nipsey. up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I'm Go just ahead. saying because both of them, because you, yeah, you talking right. about both of them, but I'm saying like 
you got Snoop and you got Nip. But like for me, I compare them to be the same person because Snoop skinny, Snoop got long hair, Nipsey skinny, Nipsey got long hair. <laughs> so it was just like they both gangster rap, they both from the West Coast. And it was like I always used to compare Nip to Snoop. But like Nip used to be like, no, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't Snoop. I'm Nipsey Hustle. I'm from Rolling Six. I'm from like you get what I'm saying. Like he always went, like he respected, mm -hmm. he respected Snoop, but he never wanted right. to be like, I'm like a baby Snoop or I'm a little Snoop. Like he like, I'm my own man. I'm Nipsey Hustle. And it was just funny because like when you look at him, you like they resemblance each other. So you really want to put him in the same box. But Nip was just like, no, I'm my own person. I'm this, I'm that. But mm -hmm. man, Nip, man, like for the for our generation, our culture, man, coming from where we came from. Man, he he did numbers, bro, and 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 why I'm saying he did numbers, bro, because he changed the culture. He allowed, you know, him to be big and go back to his section and create opportunity. You get what I'm saying? Create mm -hmm. jobs, creating like you know, really he, trying to empower people. Yeah, implementing not just uh, talking about it. You get what I'm real saying? Real solutions. Like, like implement. He he had um, and what they call it? They had a, a little spot on Gramercy. Where that like he had like a building where people could go in and like study school, like computers, like just really go in there on some vibes. And it's like you you got that in the hood. Like not too many people are going back to the hood trying to change lives, bro. So like for him, he made a difference, mm -hmm. man. And it wasn't no selfish thing. Like, and it's just unfortunate, you know, he had to, you know, get tragically killed, you know, from somebody that was supposed to like really you know, know him and look up to him. You know what I'm saying? But you can't, I just show you, you mm -hmm. can't help everybody. You can't change everybody's life. And as much as people think, oh, you, you were this millionaire, you got all these followers. Like, why you can't do this? Why you can't do that? Like, if I continuously put everybody on, what am I going to have? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I, can only, I can only help and change so many people's lives. I can't change the whole Say world. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. I can't change uh, people, the whole world. Like, <laughs> Right. I mean, people don't realize, and, and it's really, a, it's a burden. And it's put on black athletes, and it's unfair. When I come out the hood, everybody can't come out. Like, I can't bring everybody out with me. All right. Like, I, I was trying to tell guys, man, you have to be careful what you sign up for on that initial contract. Because if you bring your mom off her job, you got to pay to have her grass cut until the day she dies. For sure. Like you got to send her money every month. And ain't nothing wrong with all these things, but you need to know what you're signing up for. Right. Like if your mom don't have no man in her life, she needs some change in her pocket. You know, she needs something nice to drive in. She's going to need updated clothes, things like that, the ability to be able to travel. Like mm -hmm. these things cost real, real money. And most people, they're not able to do two or three contracts like you've been able to do. So how much of that knowledge are you trying to drop into to the younger players? Um, because it's very, very important. Yeah. You know, I, I, we as NFL I, players leave a good legacy within the NFL players, um, within the within the group that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think these young kids nowadays, man, like, you know, they they they're very hard to talk to. And that's that's not saying mm -hmm. that with no disrespect, but it's more like I feel like the way I was raised and how I grew up. You know, I got a lot of moral, uh, a lot of morals behind representing. Like, I got to make my OGs happy. I got to make my pops happy. I got to make respect. You get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like nowadays these young. I don't even know if you remember the first time you met me, but man, you went out of your way. Oh man, I gotta talk to you, hey bro. Let yeah. me tell you, I respect everything you did on the field. I'm watching you off the field. I don't even know if you remember that. I, 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 in, I, I in, in LA, in LA, we in. shot a, a commercial. <laughs> well, I was in the league. I was probably my first yeah. few years in the league. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, no, I, I definitely remember. But now it just shows like these these kids nowadays, man, they just feel like they know it all, man. It's, and it's like I said, it's not with disrespect. It's just to the sense of, you know, you got to respect your elders nowadays, man. It's a lot of people that did it before you. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like nowadays they just think they the first ones doing it. And it's like, no, it's people that right. came before you. It's people that have paid away before you. You get what I'm saying? Like you, you speak no, to earlier, like I'm a smaller receiver. You get what I'm saying? Before I already came in, they wasn't really respecting re- small receivers like no. that. No, absolutely you get, not. You get what I'm saying? So it's almost like a trend. You get what I'm saying? Then you got the Tyreek Hills. You got the, the Mikos. You got all these young dudes. You got the uh, Hollywood Browns. You know, it's like, I feel like I kind of helped create that wave. You know, mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison, Steve Smith, you know, uh, kind of nice. guys in yes. that area. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. always show respect and love to, like, the people that I looked up growing up that wasn't over six feet, that, but played like they was 6'4". You get what I'm saying? I, I feel like I could be in that in that category. Right. Let's go through your career, um, because to me, this is really about you, man, and and everything you stand for, everything that your life is built. But in a 13-year career, there's not a lot of small guys playing double digits. The mm. average career over the last 30 years has been 3.4 years. So give me three things. If there's young receivers out there, give me three things that were allowed you to be able to play and play at a high level for a long time. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Well, I, I think number one, first off, is taking care of your body. And and, and why, why I say taking care of your body is because, you know, I've, I've played a lot of football and I've had some, you know, injuries, but... Like my first ten years, it was like it was it wasn't nothing serious. You get what I'm saying? Like I didn't mm-hmm. have my first surgery until I was in year twelve, nice. and it was just wear and tear. It was just over time. I had the core injury surgery. That was my first surgery I had in my whole life. And then, um, you know, fast forward to, to the last year in my uh, year thirteen, I had um, a freak accident on a punt return where my leg, my ankle got caught up and, you know, the dude kind of hit, hit me like on a dirty hit and rolled my ankle mm-hmm. over. But besides that, you know, I never really had injuries. You know, I missed game like one or two games here and there, but it's like I've played majority of my career. And it's just like, I think a lot of guys, sometimes they, they don't understand how important it is to take care of your body. Because if I'm not available and I'm not able to be out in the field for my team, mm-hmm. how, how, how do you think I'm going to be able to have this, this longevity career? 
You get what I'm saying? So I take pride in the off season. I take pride in the, the massages. I take pride in the recoveries, the ice bath, the, 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 uh, um, the hot tubs, you know, all that stuff. Like, I think that's a big priority in your life because what you put in your body is all only what you're going to get out. If I'm putting McDonald's, I, you know, I know Chad Johnson mm. loves McDonald's, but <laughs> at the right. end of the day, I can't put McDonald's in my body every day. You get what right. I'm saying? Right. You're not made like Chad. Everybody nah, can't do that. <laughs> Only a few of you will do that crazy. You feel what I'm saying? So for me, yeah. I just, I mean, I just look at it a little differently, man. It's just like, you know, I, I'm investing into myself. I'm investing into being the best Deshaun Jackson. Like I, I, I literally, since day one, always said I wanted to be one of the best players to ever do this. You get what I'm saying? And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, my niche is, you know, going to go down to history. One of the best deep threats to ever play this game. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Over but, uh, 50 touchdowns, 10,000 yards. Absolutely. Those things will, will last forever. What were some of the things that you learned from? And I know you always had, I don't want to be just a special teams player. What were some of the things you learned to make you a wide receiver one, a deep threat, had to be yeah. double teamed? Um, Man, it just goes back to that mentality, I think. I, th- I think it just goes back to that eager inside me to being able to come into the NFL and just already knowing the odds was against me, the naysayers was against me. They mm-hmm. Since day one, you know, I, I thought I was going to be a first-rounder. When I put my, my um, right. request or that letter in your junior year, when you see – What's your prediction? They came back and said, you know, anywhere from one to twenty, one to twenty or one to twenty-five. So I'm like, I'm gone. I'm not. They telling me I could go to one to twenty-five. You think I'm gonna right. stay my senior year? I'm gone. And you peeped at them other receivers and like, oh yeah, absolutely. You get what I'm saying? But <laughs> I think my year coming out in 2008, I think it was like the first year. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That was a crazy that year. Was, that was the first year where there wasn't no first round receiver and like no no receiver picked in the first round. I think that right. was like. The first right. time you were ever. the seventh receiver taken, and exactly. all of them in the second round. And mm-hmm. if I if and I ain't even gonna say if I re, if I can recall, but I can recall. But only player that you could ever to think about was Jordy Nelson. Anybody else out of that list, well, I don't even know what they did or who they are. Right, right. They still ain't balling. You That's get what I'm for saying? Certain. So right. I'm gonna give I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a respect to Jordy Nelson. But besides that, I don't know no, no other dudes. <laughs> but I was the seventh receiver picked, and um. You know, for me, I just always had that chip on my shoulder, bro. So when I came in, mm-hmm. I just knew, like, I'm coming in as a rookie. I'm like, I had Reggie Brown and Kevin Curtis was the starting receivers in Philadelphia when I came in there. No disrespect to them, but I came in there. I'm like, I'm taking these dude spots. Right. Like, well, I, I just had the go. mentality. I had 968 mm-hmm. yards as a, as, a, as a rookie receiver. Instantly Six, seven, made eight touchdowns. You get what I'm saying? As a rookie, I'm like, man, I'm coming in balling. And then from there, I mean, just, you know, the years we had in Philadelphia, man, we, we had right. some great years, man. Nothing like playing for the Eagles, man. I mean, that fan base, and and you've experienced a lot of fan bases on the East Coast. But take me through, because people always talk about the highlights. Man, I need to know, on multiple occasions, why the hell did you decide to drop the ball before you get to the end zone? (laughs) The biggest play that you can make, a touchdown. You decide to low ride the last five yards and – after I saw you drop it the first time, I was yeah. always holding my breath every time because I'm like, man, sure. I, I think DJ could drop that damn thing again. He's so he's so cool with it, like, and, and you got a little Dion off in you. Today. Yeah. So, nah, so man, take me through those moments right there. Tell me honestly, what or what weren't you thinking about? Man, honestly, bro, like 
Yeah, honest. So I, 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 <laughs> so I, I did it in high school at the All America Army I, game. Yep. I, yep. So, I had so that. I'm, 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 I'm going to give you the history. I had on you that on Monday one. Night Football on Come On, man. All right. So I'm going to give you the history on that one. So that one. So I, I think that was in like, two, that was 2005. So I want to say like 2003 or 2004, mm-hmm. Reggie Bush, you know, he played the SC. Reggie Bush used to do all types of crazy shit. Reggie Bush like flipped and did like a tumble from like the five yard line. And he yes. made it in the end zone. So me, I'm like, he made it, he jumped from the five. So I'm like, I'm finna jump from the six. So this is just what I'm thinking in my mind. So when I did it, I broke out. I caught the pass. I broke out. I'm in the game. I'm like, I'm national television. I'm finna do something crazy. So I like, I jump at like the six. And when I get up in the air, it, it was a little further than what I what I realized. And I seen I was coming up down. I'm like, I'm dropping the ball, bro. I was like, I didn't realize I couldn't make it. <laughs> like I didn't practice it right. or nothing. I just knew I was gonna try right. to beat Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. And when I got when I jumped up and I was in the air, I'm like, oh, this finna hurt. And I just let the ball go. So you so so, for, you, so, so that one. So I was you had a to, plan. I, was, I had a plan that just didn't work out. That one was that was I was just trying okay. to outdo Reggie Bush. Now the second one. I was in the NFL first year. I was a rookie. You got to remember, growing up, high school, college, you can't really celebrate. You can't clown. You can't do none of that. So for me, I'm about to get a chance. I'm scoring my first touchdown. I'm finna dance. I'm finna go crazy. Like, I could go in there. A lot of kids drink. That's a kid's dream. A kid's dream. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I could dance. I could go have fun. So when I get close, I just, I, I like blacked out. And I didn't even worry. I knew I was scoring. I just blacked out and like threw the ball. Like I thought I crossed the, the goal line, but I didn't mm-hmm. cross it. So I'm like, threw the ball. And I'm, I'm doing my little dance. You know, I'm already doing my dance. I looked up and I just blacked out and just dropped the ball before I got into the end zone. So that's my two excuses, man. I feel like they legitimately excuses. But yeah, I did that twice. It never happened again. So you ain't going to have to worry about that. I don't care what you say. If you get nervous, I, I ain't going to do no bonehead stuff no more. <laughs> Okay, we know early drafted by Philadelphia. Great years there. Go on to spend some time in Washington. Shortstop in Tampa. Now, headed back to L.A., man. Now, I know this has got to be the swan song. You're going to play a couple years in L.A. You're reunited with Sean McVay. For those who don't know it, Sean McVay coached in Washington, um, you know, when you were there. What would it mean to you? In that new stadium in L.A. for you to be a part of bringing the Super Bowl to the Rams. Man, I don't think nothing can measure to that, man. Like, I I look at it where I'm at in my career right now, being in my 14th year, you know, having some of the most success, playing for the Eagles, playing for Washington, going to Tampa Bay, coming back to Philadelphia. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like my career is really set set in stone for whatever push or, you know, whatever it is I want to do, man. Like, I have goals for myself. I want to, you know, hopefully be able to make it into the Hall of Fame. But I think, you know, as far as winning a Super Bowl in my hometown, coming back to where I'm born and raised, where I played Pop Warner Ball, where, you know, everything about mm-hmm. me is Los Angeles. Like, I think it's, it's just special, man. Like, you can't rewrite a story better than this, man. You can't perfect – perfectly pitch a story ending like mm-hmm. this to retire my home team you know where when I was growing up we ain't had no team I don't know the, right. when the Rams was here probably when you was playing back in the 80s no no absolutely <laughs> they, they came in for a minute stopped in I actually broke yeah. my collarbone in the Coliseum Todd Light yeah, pinned my arm to me? my side that, the only time Todd, I really got injured playing Todd Light used to coach me so yeah he he coached me in Philadelphia a little bit but uh no he was nice big corner yeah yeah big corner but um, man for me man I, I think 
man, that's that's like legendary talk right there, man. And you know, I don't as much as I think about it. I know we got a Super Bowl here in LA, playing for LA. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to overthink it. It's, it's work that still got to be done. But I definitely feel like we got a special team. Matt Stafford came um, mm-hmm. from Detroit, man. Let's talk about. Yeah, so man, we now, got you, weapons you play with the a, world. You play with a lot of quarterbacks. Hey, man, don't yep. sugarcoat it, man. Stafford got a special, special arm now. Definitely. D-Jack, where he rank compared to the quarterbacks that you previously played with? Honestly, he top, he top three, man. I, I, I can't quite give him the okay. number one spot, but I definitely would give him as far as his arm strength and his playmaking ability. I would I, I definitely give him top three. I got to play with him a little longer, and hopefully we could score some okay. deep touchdowns and ball. Mm-hmm. But he, he got a chance to be – be the number one, just depending on how the season go or how long my 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 time is with them. But mm-hmm. he's definitely special, man. He, he he's definitely a great quarterback. Uh, can you talk to me about the relationship with Sean McVay? Because you had a couple other choices as far as places you could go, and mm-hmm. it's not only Sean McVay that offense. You talk about they had already traded for Stafford. Um, mm-hmm. They got a nice receiving core, and they got guys that do things different than you. So you're a perfect complement. Um, you know, with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Um, talk about the chemistry uh, between you and the head coach McVay and that wide receiving core. That top three is one of the best top threes that you're going to have of a wide receiving core in the NFL. Yeah, as, as far as the relationship with McVay, um, it's definitely a unique relationship. Um, you know, he's he's known me for a long time. We had a, we had man three great years in Washington. Um, put up some great stats, uh, balled out in the system that he had him and Jay Gruden. Um, so. To fast forward it to where I'm at now, man, I could just see his growth, you know, as far as where he was at as an offensive coordinator when I was with him in Washington to fast forward it to now. You know, he's he's always been smart, smart, always been intelligent, always knew how to draw up plays to get, you know, his players in in a, a mismatch for the defense. Um, you know, so with this situation right now, man, this this offense, like you said, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, uh, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, like, man, we 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 got legitimately Good enough players, man, to get it done here and to win big, man. So I'm I'm, I'm just waiting on my time. I'm play, patiently waiting on my time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know, like you said before earlier, you know, uh, he going to figure out ways to, you know, kind of get me more involved. But my, my biggest thing is like, you know, I still feel like I could play at a high level and, and right. I could contribute, you know, to, to what we're already doing here. And it's like for me, I just want to I want to show my worth. I want to, you know, let people know that I can make a difference. You get what I'm saying? Like, I still feel like I could play at a high level. So that's my mentality and anything I need to do being in year 14. Like, I'm not asking to play 100 snaps. You know, just let me get my ops. Let me help my team win and let me be a difference. Right. It's always been important to you that you give back to your community. Now you're living in that community. Give me some of the projects that, that you and your mom and the staff you know, I know you got your own foundation. You've been doing things for years. Give me some of the things that you're doing off the field. Because, yeah, if we get caught drunk driving tonight, we're going to be on the news. But, mm-hmm. man, we got a lot of great guys playing this game. And dudes doing great stuff. I'm talking about yeah. good men. People you should be proud about. And, and I always try to tell people, man, I try to brag about the dudes who play this game, man. They taught me so much. Grew me up from a young kid to a man. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that you're doing to help impact, um, you know, people who look like me and you. Yeah, man, well, I have a lot of organizations, um, you know, one that specifically is the Deshaun Jackson Foundation um, that we go to the inner city. You know, we have, uh, you know, seminars, we have uh, camps, we have, uh, you know, 
we, we have principles where we call them five mm-hmm. principles, you know, power, belief, dream, vision, and, uh, and power. And, and, and as far as like going into these, in, in these inner city communities where, you know, it's less fortunate, you know, they don't have the opportunities to go out there and, you know, really have anything, you know, no money, no jobs, no, mm-hmm. um, no careers. You get what I'm saying? It's the less, it's really the less fortunate. And coming from where I came from, if you had that, guess what you're going to revert to? I'm going to go take, I'm going to go steal, I'm going to go create violence, I'm going to go take drugs. Like, you know, that's the mm-hmm. poverty we come from. So for me, being the implement to go in there and say, look, I came from where y'all came from. I'm, I was once in your shoes, but guess what? I made a way. And, you know, just kind of giving them faith in their self and letting them believe that it's possible to make mm-hmm. it out of a bad situation. You know, so um, the work I do in the community is just really helping uplift these kids and kind of putting that empowerment into them and letting them feel like it's possible because I'm not the biggest person in the world. I'm sure mm-hmm. people look at me like, how this dude have made it in the NFL, this right. big game, this big mm-hmm. man sport, and played at a high level. So, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing is your heart. You might you might not have a big body or you might not be a big stature, but if your heart right. bigger than everything mm-hmm. else, it's possible to make it. Um, you're like a lot of people, you know, taking advantage of the communication, um, starting your own podcast. I love to see other athletes start their own podcast and just talking about different things, things on their mind. It don't necessarily have to be sports. Um, we're very, very creative. Um, let's talk about the podcast that you started, um, what you're trying to utilize with it, what type of platform, um, what type of message, and the types of guests that you've talked to and the kind you want to talk to in the future. So my podcast, actually, I was sitting around, man, I had got hurt last year, and I was sitting around like, man, I ain't going to be able to play football forever. Like, you know, I got a few I got a few years left at this. Let me go on and give mm-hmm. it a shot. But it was like I had right. a lot of downtime on, my, on, on myself. So I was like, you know what? My brother been always having a camera in my face. He always been, you know, doing documentaries and shooting stuff on me. So I'm like, like man, let me let me get into the podcast world where I could go on and bring guests. Because I, I got a lot of friends, a lot of celebrities, a lot of people that's doing a lot of positive things. So with my platform, mm-hmm. I was just like – let me have people I know that I mess with, you know, kind of give them an opportunity to go out and just kind of just realistically, authentically conversations that we just talking like I'm being myself is uncut, you know, no right. sugarcoating and really kind of letting people know, like giving them a, a peace of mind to the viewers point where it's like a lot of these people, we come from the same areas. We're just like you. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I think like it's the shield on celebrities and like Beyonce's or Jay-Z's like they're almost not human, but it's like we human. We just was fortunate enough to you know, make it or have a talent, but right. We just, just cause up. you got to just cause you got a talent. Don't mean you ain't got to put in the work though. It's like Kobe, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, LeBron, like yourself, Jerry Rice, Randy Ross, like all these people, we know we have talents, but if I just know I got a talent and I don't make the most out of my talent, what am I going to be? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's really allowing these people to understand that. Yeah. We similar in all type of way. I put my pants on just like you, but guess what? We got the same 24 hours, right? What's going to be the difference? Mm-hmm. How you use your 24 and how I use my 24 and I'm going to work hard. So I just want to motivate people to understand that, you know, this is a way for me to get back my platform and, you know, let people know what I'm doing with my time and my, and my energy. He's Deshaun Jackson. I'm so, so proud, man. I remember you just as a knucklehead kid <laughs> now being responsible, growing up, wanting to have a long career in his 14th season with the Los Angeles Rams, trying to bring a championship back to L.A. all the way from <laughs> from Long Beach, <laughs> Long Beach Poly, right? Yes, sir. You got it right. <laughs> from Long Beach Poly to 14 years in the NFL, I'm proud to say on wide receiver one, my current guest, 
Deshaun Jackson. D-Jack, thanks for being with us. If there's anything that we can do for you in the future, man, make sure you reach out to us. But, man, thanks for being a positive brother and continue to influence the youth. No, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate what you do as well, too, and your platform, man. Continue to be blessed, brother. Thanks to Deshaun Jackson, and thanks for listening to Wide Receiver One, a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Carter. Catch you next week.